Are police unions the real problem? Is the millennial generation the most unlucky in history? And let's go treasure hunting in the Rocky Mountains. All that and more coming up right now on the BS Podcast. You're listening to the BS Podcast, where we cover all of the bull in the news and more. Now, welcome your hosts, Dave and Zach. Hello and welcome to the BS Podcast, where we talk the absurd, the ridiculous, and yes, the bullshit. I am Dave, and joining me is my fellow connoisseur in bullshit, Mr. Zach. Zach, how are you, buddy? Good, man. How have you been? (laughs) I'm doing well. You know, Zach, it is just amazing that there is no end. I don't feel like I say this every week, but there is no end to all the crap out there in the world. It continues to pile and pile and pile. 2020 may be the the year of bullshit. What do you think of that? I hope that today is the day we turn it around personally, (laughs) but I don't think that's going to happen. Well, see, that's the thing, though, because as the world improves, it gives us it'll give us less things to talk about. So (laughs) it could celebrate the disintegration of society (laughs) and all the nonsense out there. And speaking of, if you want to just jump right into our topics today, Zach, the big thing that's uh, the big news as as protests have sort of uh, subsided a bit, which is seemingly anyways, at least, uh, you know, you never really know what's going on. It's really just what the news wants to wants to point your eye to. Yeah. <laughs> as far as I know, there could be rioting in another city and <laughs> no yeah. one's reporting on it. You don't know. <laughs> But uh, as attention is, uh, has been taken away from protests, as that had, th- those are petering out, um, at, least, at least the violent ones. Um, now calls for defund the police have been uh, loud and clear, and uh, we've seen a number of police commissioners resign across the country. And in Minneapolis, the, the city council has apparently voted to basically abolish the police department to, in, in its place, something, something brand new will arise. We don't know exactly what this will look like. (laughs) So I'm sort of community service officers. And then I heard something about uh, possibly private security forces coming in. So in in the rich neighborhood, I mean, what do you think of this whole thing? So that, that, that's the, that's the thing in the zero hedge article. Um, That's the thing that kind of struck me the most is that they even said flat out, um, you know, no one knows how this is going to work right now. But that the whole concept, there was there was a comment where someone said community led uh, protection. That sounds like a personal security for the rich while everyone else gets <laughs> fucked, basically. Yeah. You know, and it's like it's it, this seems like one of those things where it sounds good on paper. But then when they actually try to put it in practice, it's going to like, is this really going to work? Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, the rich will have some sort of will have armed security. Um, this sounds which, like which they already do. You know what I mean? Rich people already have private security, yeah. right? Well, they might patrol the neighborhoods. They might be out there armed and in like the gated communities, making sure nobody breaks it. And I really, as I say this, this sounds like South America or something. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then uh, out for the for the rest of us in the, in the middle class and the, and the poor, the you know shots will ring out, people will get shot, and there won't be anyone there to respond or go after the criminal. They'll just send like a what is essentially a social worker and a paramedic uh, to just you know write it down and put it in a file. And thanks, as <laughs> my yeah, disintegrates. The, the <laughs> other thing that comes right to my mind um, when I think about this is community led, you know. Uh, basically police force is what they're kind of community-led protection. Like, how is this going to be any different than what happened with George Zimmerman? Oh, yeah, right. Right, uh, who was out patrolling his neighborhood, whatever, and then shot, you know, Trayvon Martin. It's vigilantism, right, is what it can yeah, turn into. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, how do you, how, how is the vetting process 
going to happen for these community-led, you know, watch organizations when the police is defunded? You know, right? it, it, how are they, they going to stop these, these uh, like, people like George Zimmerman that are going to get on this community-led police force? Right? right. I mean, that's just step one. And then and maybe people are like, well, you're ineffective. And then what happens when there's a power vacuum? You know, people fill it. Uh, what if we just basically return to, like, gang turf where, <laughs> you know, th- this block is controlled by this armed gang and that block is controlled by another armed force? You know, it, it seems like we're devolving, not <laughs> evolving. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I now I'm remembering the Zero Hedge article. It's like each community has its own uh, private militia. Right, it's like what it, what it seems like it's going to happen. Um, it's just crazy. And and the question, Zach, is is are we are we missing something else? Does do the police need to go, or is there something else out there that that needs to needs to maybe go? Which is which are police unions? Something not really being talked about a ton, but it, you know it is a big thing. We have a story here in uh, InformedAmerican.com called "Big Unions Don't Want to Address Big Problem in Floyd Case: Collective Bargaining and Dispute Resolutions in Police Unions," where they essentially the, the unions protect bad cops. And I can get real specific here. There's a there's a Wall Street Journal article saying "Bust the Police Unions to Rank and Yank Bad Cops," and this is how this story opens. If this doesn't already drive the point home right off right off the bat, the police officer who killed George Floyd had been the subject of more than a dozen complaints about his conduct. In two previous incidents, Derek Chauvin has been disciplined with letters of reprimand. Uh, Tao Tao, who, who stood by as Floyd died, previously had a lawsuit brought against him over excessive use of force. The lawsuit was settled for $25,000. How can such men be allowed to, quote, serve and protect? The answer Unions, public sector unions, including uh, police unions, will do almost anything to protect their members. The unions create a culture of impunity. Even police officers who are terminated can be reinstated, often by a secretive appeal gear, uh, gear to protect labor rights rather than public safety, as a, a 2014 piece in The Atlantic put it. So is it really, you know, is it the, the department that needs to die or is it the unions behind them that are collect, uh, protecting these cops, protecting them from uh, the discipline that they get, reinstating them in many cases? Is that the real problem? It certainly looks like that's a first step, you know, rather than just blowing the whole thing up, <laughs> maybe go after the unions that are protecting these bad cops. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, I think it's easy for people to get complacent and lazy in their jobs, especially when they know that, they have impunity, uh, you know, immunity essentially to, to not lose their job, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this article, article continues. Despite all this going on, the Minneapolis Police Union is going to fight for those guys. Yeah. Those guys that got arrested. I mean, it, it, is, it, is, it is, and maybe, you, you know, well, there is a court, there is a trial that's going to that's happen. But clearly, I mean, if there was a case of misconduct, I mean, it's staring you right in the face, but the union is going to be right there to back their member. Yeah. And, you know, there hasn't exactly been a good history with unions in the American, you know, in American history, right? Look at, look at all the stuff with the mob and the unions back in the day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? It's not like this is like a new thing where unions are causing issues, you know, and I'm not saying like I'm completely against unions. I I don't want to put that across, but there is, there's gotta be some kind of fine line to, you know, take a look at what they're doing for, especially in this instance with the police force where they're basically just, giving people free reign to do whatever they want and not lose their job. 
Yeah, and I think there is uh, union. Well, unions have certainly lost their power uh, over the last couple of decades. Well, at least in the private sector, but in the public sector, I, I mean, I, I don't know. In most cases, if you work for some government, you become part of a of a union in general. Uh, but you know, as uh, as Rodney as Rodney Johnson points out in the Informed America article. Um, you know, police unions are particularly strong. I mean, teachers have a union, they're public employees, but generally if they do something wrong, there is a process, uh, but they will eventually be fired. But for cops, it's really, really hard. And I believe Rodney also told the story of the, the Parkland cop uh, that remember the, the, uh, the mm-hmm. Parkland school massacre, the cop yeah. who was outside who refused to go in and instead was establishing a perimeter um, who got fired for basically cowardice is getting reinstated now in some other capacity. This guy should not be a cop. <laughs> you're in the wrong profession. Yeah. If you're, if you're afraid of being shot, then you should not, you know, be a cop. Right. That yeah. like comes I mean, with the ha- job. I mean, it's unfortunate, but that does come with the job. Exactly. That's part of, that's part of the deal. Now, I, I don't have a problem with, uh, you know, a union in principle, but I think there is a time when they, they, they can get um, too powerful. The fact that, I mean, come on, you, this is clear. I mean, cops from cops who, who are, who get, you know, in trouble for misconduct. I mean, you know, I understand there might be a, a three strike rule or something. There might be some disputes here and there, but when it's chronic, um, sorry, you gotta have to find another line of work, you know? Yeah. So I think, uh, I think maybe first, so, so would we say that the, I think the BS here is trying to smash the entire house when maybe there's just like a leak in your, in your kitchen that you can fix first or something. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Fix, fix the leak in the kitchen and see if that stops the, the issue before you, you know, bulldoze the house. By the way, this Derek Chauvin guy, um, there's another story. I mean, this guy seems like a, a real p- p- piece of work. He apparently had voted illegally in Florida. There's something, there's a story here in the Orlando, Orlando <laughs> Sentinel uh, that uh, they're finding out that he, he was claiming uh, residency in Orange, Orange County, Florida, and apparently voting. So he's, this guy was really going around and <laughs> it's a real piece of work. <laughs> What's the point in that? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so I would say smash the union. Let's, let's start with that. Smash the police unions. And by the yeah. way, you know, they get, they get these nice uh, pensions and all that, which leads to, I mean, if you look, if you look at um, a lot of these state budgets, state and local government budgets that are, uh, that are completely upside down, a lot of it just goes, is going to pensions uh, from, uh, you know, the, and I don't have a problem with anybody getting a pension, but it's to the point where the state is going bankrupt. Well, maybe we need to reel that in a little bit. <laughs> Here's another story, Zach, that you found uh, on NPR on the subject of police action. Tear gassing protesters during infectious outbreak called a, quote, recipe for disaster. And here we're and then all back to COVID-19. Here we are again. We know COVID-19 was, uh, well, is apparently still a global pandemic, but we paused that for so everyone can go outside and protest. Yeah. Uh, but this article essentially says when <laughs> cops are using things like uh, tear gas or smoke bombs or whatever, they says. Yeah, these crowd control weapons are rarely lethal, but in the middle of a coronavirus pandemic, there are growing calls for police to stop using these chemicals because they could damage the bodies in ways that can spread the coronavirus and increase the severity of COVID-19. Now, I hate to say the the real obvious thing here, Zach, but there's a great way of avoiding the coronavirus and not getting tear gassed, which is to not go outside and to obey the police orders when they tell you to disperse. What do you think of that radical concept? Well, there are situations where police are using tear gas yes. on peaceful protesters. Yeah. Um, but I think the kind of bullshit in this article is 
is, is this kind of like fear mongering? Is this, is this a way to either stop to, to make police either fearful of using it or to make people fearful of going out and protesting? I think it's right? against, I don't think it's against the protest. I think this one's directly at, at police action. Um, and you know, I just find it ironic the, to me, the bullshit is just now we're going to, we're going to, cl- you know, while we're telling everyone to go outside and protest for George Floyd, we're, we're going to now claim there's, th- th- there's not a risk of gathering uh, to getting COVID. It's the cops who will be putting you at risk. I mean, that I find that's delicious to me. <laughs> well, I, th- I think the, the, the thing that I kind of find bullshit is the whole article was saying that the tear gas makes you cough and whatever. And that's, right. that's what's spreading the disease. But like, uh, they already said the other day or the CDC or who I can't remember which one said that like asymptomatic people, it's very rare to catch coronavirus from asymptomatic people. Yeah. Right. So then how does the tear gas spread it? If it's, you see what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying. I, I, although, you know, I heard that, I read that news too, and it did make me scratch my head. It seemed like to me, this seemed like the timing was just a little too, a little too coincidental. Um, right. When we're having mass protests, the UN comes out and says, don't worry about asymptomatic people. Forget what we've been telling you for the last three months. Uh, that you need to stay in and uh, avoid all contact because you could be a carrier and you could be getting everybody sick. Remember this? Oh, it doesn't matter if you don't think, if you're not sick, you could, you're going to be killing grandma just by going outside. Now, yeah, well, you know, so now, that we're, now yeah. that we're telling you it's okay uh, uh, to go outside and, and for, for a cause we believe in, it, you know, let's, we're going to downplay that risk. That, I, that's to me, I, I, that kind of gets my, my spidey sense. <laughs> going, but I, I could be wrong about that. It could, this could be new information that happens to be coming out right after the protests or during them. I could be wrong. What do you think I'm wrong there? No, I, I think the timing is like impeccable. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So much, there's so much bullshit to, to untangle. You don't know what the hell's real or not. Yeah. But I agree. Uh, it, it, it is, it, it is, well, it's, it's all, all the timing is suspicious, right? This article, it, it, the whole bullshit. Yeah. There's a lot of bullshit going on with this, which is, and I think it is just simply to say, uh, simply to, to to stop cops from using this stuff. And it does it does seem like that has, at least has has calmed down a bit. This isn't um, it doesn't it, seem like we have these these kinds of what, cr- crowds if, anymore. If, uh, yeah, if a cop's going to use tear gas, I don't think they give a shit if they're going to give you corona or not. Throwing the tear <laughs> gas at you, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I don't think the cops care about this article. Well, no, I, I but think. I mean, I, I see like someone reading this article and saying like, shit, I'm not going out and protesting because I'm not getting, you know, coronavirus. But I guess if you're going out in that situation anyway, you don't really care about it. But well, this, right. Exactly. Right. I mean, you're out that you clearly you've, you've determined that. Uh, yeah, this is, that's a great point. You went out to a protest. You are not fearing the coronavirus. So you've, you've basically, this is like a swim at your own risk kind of a situation, right? Yeah. No lifeguard on duty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the lifeguard might, <laughs> might gas you. There is a lifeguard, but it's called the police and they're going to hit you with a riot shield and throw a tear gas canister at you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I think, you know, it, it, it is a police method. Right. And they're essentially saying, you know, the, the, the police method, you have to you have to change your police method because of how of, of something going on. But like, you know, they have tasers. I mean, should we not have tasers because some people have a, a pacemaker or something and it could short it out? I don't know. I mean, we, we got it. There has to be some way of controlling a crowd or something, you know. Yeah, there has to be. What about the big water thing? The big water gun. You see that? The cannons? Yeah, the big water cannons. Because you see, like, I don't know. 
it seems like they're all pretty dangerous. Yeah, I know. You see some picture of, have you seen some of the pictures of protesters that have gotten hit in the head with the rubber bullets? And they're no, just like I haven't. Covered in blood. I mean, it's really, yeah, some of those weapons are, um, those riot control methods are still pretty damn dangerous. Um, yeah, it's non lethal, but, you know, it hurts really freaking bad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm glad. So, like for me, well, I don't where you are. I think that things are more active in the Baltimore area uh, in terms of uh, what the community does. It's also a bigger city than than where I am, but it's pretty. I think they they scheduled one one protest at, at the mall ten minutes from me, and it rained, so nobody showed up. So that was that was essentially the extent. <laughs> things in Baltimore have actually been pretty peaceful. Have they? Yeah, I mean there was. Uh, some things going on. There was like, I think the very first night there was some instances where they were throwing tear gas and, and pepper spray. But I think like, um, after a while, the police kind of started to calm down and realize that it's, everything's been pretty peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing going on in the Baltimore area is the Vince's crab house. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this, no, but there is a crab house in, um, uh, the middle river, neighborhood of like Baltimore County and uh, their owner was making racist uh, social media posts and they've had uh, gathers of protesters out front of the crab house for like days and days and days <laughs> now, just dr- completely driving them out of business. That's what was like, he, was he commenting on the protesters or just pretty or, much just oh, in okay. general, just being, you know, just being an asshole on social media. So they're trying to, so to he, the, the I guess you get what you pay for. So. Yeah, exactly. They're pretty much trying to, you know, drive them out of business. Uh, but that's the worst of it. That's good. I mean, if that's, if that's the worst of it. Now, Zach, there is an example of cops actually doing something good. Uh, <laughs> we got some good news for cops. Now, these are actually at the federal level, but the Department of Justice is trying to get Prince Andrew on, to come over to the United States and come over and answer some questions for the FBI on the Jeffrey Epstein, uh, well, continuing Jeffrey Epstein investigation. Just because he's dead, uh, whoever murdered him, no, he did not commit suicide. <laughs> whoever murdered him, uh, you know, the, you, if, you ever, if you were one of his associates like uh, Prince Andrew, you are not safe yet. The FBI is still interested in uh, figure untangling this this nasty mess. What do you think of this? I think this is great. It's fucking weird. I don't know this whole story. I'm trying to like track the progression of it all. It seems like he was willing to cooperate and say like, yeah, I know all kinds of shit. And then now he's now it's like there's this issue and he won't do it. Like what? Yeah. what what's the holdup? Did 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 your like uh, I don't know did your people find out that they have evidence of you like, you know, having um, sexual relations with underage girls. And now all of a sudden you're like, no, now I'm not going to be talking to you. I'll tell you what he used to, well, he, Andrew went to the Island to the Epstein Island. And I I will say, I will say with some certainty, not that I've seen it or that I have a, uh, that I know it exists, but I I would say, I believe that there is a video of Prince Andrew with an underage girl. I believe it exists. seems to me like what happened was he was like, I want to stay ahead of me getting in trouble so I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to like testify, yeah. try to get immunity and like, you know, try to basically keep my head above water. Right. And it seems like something happened at some point where somebody got a hold of uh, some kind of evidence <laughs> and now he's like, shit, it's too late. I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. And he maybe, maybe now that Epstein's dead, he's just like, maybe I'm just waiting for this audience swept under the rug. Well, he he had that disastrous interview with the BBC, if you caught any of that or any of the clips from it, where I believe the interviewer held out a picture of him and this girl, and he claimed that he didn't know her. 
and that wasn't him or the photo was doctored and it's it was clearly him and the girl yeah <laughs> well, luckily thank god she didn't pull out the phone and be like oh now here's a video of you having sex with her that's not me oh god <laughs> So yeah, the CNN story. It does seem like, to your point, though, it does seem like there's a war of words going on and conflicting stories. But this uh, part of the CNN article says uh, the FBI and federal prosecutors subsequently contacted Prince Andrew's lawyer to interview the prince about Epstein, but uh, the prince team, Prince Andrew's team, provided quote zero cooperation, according to U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman in Manhattan, who took the rare step of publicly announcing his frustrations with the situation. Says it's fair. Uh, Berman says it's fair for people to know whether Prince Andrew has followed through with that public commitment because Andrew said uh, he's been he's, I've been cooperating and uh, the U.S. attorney is saying no you have not <laughs> uh, so this was a, this is during a, use, uh, a news conference outside the Epstein's Manhattan ma- mansion he says to date Prince Andrew has provided zero cooperation so what needs to happen here Zach do we need to fly in with a black helicopter and abduct Prince Andrew to bring him to the states for questioning what do you think of that <laughs> We need to do something. Maybe we should send in the min- the Minneapolis police force and <laughs> yeah. gas the wherever he lives, uh, and you know bring Derek Shelvin at your door. Here, yeah. here's my oh knee. god, here's my knee. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable. So I think the bullshit here is I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a prince, uh, even even a prince of an ally. There is no, there is no, there should be no escaping justice. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there should be no immunity, especially for a crime like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've said this before, and I'm certainly not the only one who, who believes this, but I believe the Epstein thing was, a, was basically like a honeypot operation to blackmail uh, powerful and wealthy figures in the country. Yeah, do you agree with that? That's actually the first time I've heard that theory, Dave. But so the, it makes Yeah, there's sense. a claim that this is that's what they would do is they would, you know, invite – well, because – there, uh, I'm sorry, there, you would have all these parties with very famous people, um, but not all those people are accused of, uh, you know, sexual assault and stuff like that. But, you know, like I think Malcolm Gladwell, the Harvard pr- professor, Dershowitz was around there. I mean, how Trump went to a party or two, a lot of famous rich people at these parties and they would entice them uh, to, I believe the allegation is that they would have these girls around. And, uh, you know, you go into that room with that girl, powerful person B goes into the room with that girl. And then there's a video camera to record you having sex with them. And then the next morning, uh, someone comes in. You remember that girl you slept with? Well, here's a video of it. And, uh, oh, she mm-hmm. was 15. So now you're going to do what we say. Honestly, I think you could even get blackmailed just for even going to that island. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially if people know what goes on there. Absolutely. All, all you have to do is step foot on that island and it could be, what are you doing there? Right. That's all it takes for to ruin your career. Now, I believe, well, Andrew certainly, um, well, I don't know that it's a hundred percent proven, but it has certainly been alleged that, uh, Andrew has been, wasn't actually, no, I think it was confirmation that Andrew went to the island and I, uh, and there was confirmation that Bill Clinton went to that island as well. So what do you think of that former president? And by the way, there's a former Israeli prime minister who was photographed outside that uh, Epstein Manhattan mansion. You're like, what the hell are you doing there? (laughs) Trying to improve foreign relations, I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. I mean, I I wonder, and that's why the, you know, the conspiracy theory is how deep does this thing run and who's collecting if that is, was an information and blackmailing scheme, you know, who's behind it? And I, I don't know if we'll ever know. No. That's bullshit. Yeah. 
And it's bull, it's bullshit that, he, that Epstein was murdered uh, before we could find out any of this stuff. He killed himself, Dave. <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so Prince Andrew bullshit. No one's buying the story. You got to talk to the FBI. I mean, I don't know. God, I mean, can you imagine he goes to – what, is he going to – he's going to serve <laughs> – Prince Andrew's going to serve <laughs> – Jail time in the United States? No, no, he'll be locked on house arrest in his giant castle or wherever. He <laughs> yeah, is. exactly. Yeah, how bad? Yeah, I get to live on my estate, uh, yeah. my thousand acre estate. Mm-hmm. With staff waiting on me, hand and foot. <laughs> All right, Zach, let's move on to uh, one of our main topics today, which is the unluckiest generation in U.S. history. Is it millennials? A story here from the Washington Post uh, with a lot of data and charts here. Now, this main one, I think, Zach, you should, you should put this one up. Uh, this is growth and economic output adjusted for population. So this is what this is measuring is each generation, uh, uh, 15 years after they, they get into the workforce at age 18, and uh, basically the extent to which the economy, the real, uh, real gross domestic product grows per, per, per capita. Um, and <laughs> there's a lot of generations here going all the way back uh, to the transcendental generation, 1792 to 1821. And millennials are at the bottom <laughs> in terms of uh, economic growth. So yeah. we've had the most stagnant economic uh, advancement for at least for, for a generation. You and I are both millennials, Zach. We've, we've got it the worst in terms of uh, economic growth. What do you think of that? Are, are well, we unluckiest generation? Well, I think we're going to be called some snowflakes for even <laughs> saying that. Um, we, I, I, look, unluckiest it's probably a weird term to even use, but you can't ignore the fact that like we entered the workforce at like one of the worst times, you know, in yeah. U.S. economic history. That's so just, you know, unlucky, it, which just means, you know, every I mean, generation has a certain age that they enter the workforce. That's the whole, you know, that's how you base all the ec- economic you know, output or whatever of the, of the force. And we, <laughs> we all entered right at that uh, great recession, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. That was when we, yeah, the majority of us entered right as the as the financial system collapsed, and now, just ten years later, there's a global pandemic. Yeah, and then some of our cities are being burned, and, and then, <laughs> yeah, the you know, what, what's what's really unfortunate about that is is I've heard a lot of arguments like, well, so what? After the recession, get another job. I'm like, those first years when you enter the workforce are so crucial to the rest of your career. Yeah. Right. How many times do you see a job application that says five years of experience required? Right. It's, oh, yeah. It, you know what I mean? If you if, if our generation is entering the workforce when they can't find a job and they have to go work, you know, in a minimum wage at like, you know, McDonald's or whatever. Right. You, you will never get that five years of experience in your field. Right. Oh, uh, you, yeah, you go look at, you know, I'm, I'm a very happy employee. I've, I've never looked at a job posting in years, um, but uh, I've heard that um, they require high levels of education and experience, which it, it, it's, it's just a, it's a trap, right? How could you get, well, I'm going to get a degree and then have already worked in, with my degree. <laughs> no, no, I got the degree so I can get a job. And that's, I think that's, that's, that's your point, right? And that goes to uh, what, what they call credentialism, um, which is you need to have, you know, the right pieces of paper. And then they throw on the right pieces of paper plus experience that you could not have had. <laughs> yeah, that said piece of paper. Does anyone get hired? <laughs> yeah, it's in, in, in order to get those to get that years of experience, you got to work unpaid internships. 
Yeah, right? it's crazy. And, and you know, it, it does um, – and one of the points here is – now, this is purely economic before we get into some other comparisons. This is an economic comparison only. Uh, but I think the point here is that millennials – and you says it's harder to get a job. Oh, also, by the way, 9-11, uh, older millennials were coming of age at 9-11. It's a nice welcome to adulthood for, yeah. for them. <laughs> Uh, so millennials will bear the economic scars the rest of their lives in the form of lower earnings, lower wealth, and delayed milestones such as home ownership, and for some reason not mentioned here, uh, family formation, which has been a problem. It's very yeah. difficult. You got student debt, then you got to buy a home, and then you got to start a family. Neither one of us have kids, Zach. <laughs> not yet. I can't yeah. afford a kid right now. It's just just to. You know, go back to the credentialism thing. Like I think about my dad, who's a boomer. My dad was born in 1960. Yeah. Um, and he, my dad has had a very successful career. He works IT and um, he's, he's like climbed the career ladder at his company. I mean, he is like a pretty like high tier uh, employee there. And he didn't go to college for IT. You know, he didn't have five years of experience when he first got his job back in the day. He worked at like some shitty job scrubbing out like nuclear power tanks or something wearing a hazmat <laughs> suit. He was, he was just a fucking glorified janitor basically. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, one day there was like a spot open in it and he was like, what the hell is it? This sounds better than what I'm doing right now. He got the job, you know, no experience in it, no, no college education in it. And he's had such a successful career that that would not happen to like our generation. Oh, no way. Uh, my dad didn't, doesn't have a degree, didn't need it for anything he ever did in his life. Yeah. Uh, he, worked for, he worked a number of jobs. He even worked early in his career. He worked for General Electric for a while, making a lot of money in the 1970s before, of course, the plant moved, packed up and moved to Puerto Rico. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that is the, the, there was an, it's not like it used to be like, uh, you know, you, you can just get in your car and drive somewhere and find a job at a, a maybe just say like a factory that was opening and that would be your job or something. Yeah. Now it's, you know, well, do you have the, do you have this thing and have, did you work doing this thing for three years and do you have this certification? Did you get this degree? It's impossible. It is, you know, and it seems like there's less value of like on the job training than there ever was. Right. Cause that's really all it is. Right. I'm like, I have a degree, but in, in uh, not in podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you essentially, you, you gotta get a start somewhere and you learn and some of the other stuff I did, I didn't, uh, I didn't have training in economics or anything like that. Uh, you just kind of learn. And if you're, if you're smart enough and you have a willingness to learn and work hard, you, you know, if you've halfway decent head on your shoulders, you can, most people can do most jobs. Um, you know, get, you know, generally, uh, or find a, or someone can find a spot for a good worker somewhere. Yeah. And I, I do, that has been a, a thing for uh, pushing uh, training or in lieu of college, just get, get something, uh, just to be able to get people's feet in the door. Yeah. Um, Unless it's something like a medical doctor, uh, a lawyer, you know, something like that, where you, you need a certain amount of knowledge that in the back of your head, like if you're a doctor, you, there really is no on the job training because if you have a patient in front <laughs> right. of you, you know, you can't just like, be like, well, I'll just learn what I'm doing as I go along, you know, doing surgery, right? You yeah, know. Well, they do intern for a long time. So it is part of it and residency and all that. But yeah, uh, yeah but I mean, you got it. No, so they, that is on the job training. Hold on. I mean, that, that is kind of what they do. So most people, I think uh, almost every job, there's, it's rarely you just hit the ground running. So um, I don't know. But something does need to change because uh, the, the way things are now, I mean, we are, our generation has been struggling. Now, 
Yeah, yeah, but they're still medical students, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like they just plug it's not like they just <laughs> pluck an average Joe off the street and say, Hey, you want a medical residency? Come on, come on board. Here's a scalpel. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Now this um well, this article was posted, which I, I, I think this one's worth a read. Um, uh, there's a lot of good, good, good graphics in here uh, that, uh, yeah, Zach, definitely post that first one and maybe, maybe another one there. Is it, is it, uh, cause these are, these are pretty neat seeing the comparisons. I, I just like to see, it is kind of interesting to see all the generations literally going back to basically America's founding. Um, yeah. So that is interesting. But th- this, this one got, got hit pretty hard on Twitter because as I said, the unluckiness is it's, it's economics only. And there are some other generations uh, that were not very lucky when the time they were born, because not, not just about economic growth, which is not everything. Uh, you know, the people who suffered the, the 1918 pandemic, two world wars, the civil great, war. Yeah. The great uh, that's depression. That's pretty unlucky too, yeah. right? Yeah. It's very unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let me ask you this. What's the, what's the, what's the thing you'd least like to go through as an American and Amer- all of American history? I, I'm, I'm thinking my first thought is, so is the civil war. Um, yeah, that that's bad. You know, when I was, um, when a year in a high school and you're like learning about the civil war and stuff like that, um, you know, we, when you take your trip to Gettysburg, they were telling us like we went to see a hospital and she was like, these holes in the building are from where blood were drilled into the thing for blood to <laughs> flow out of the building because they had to saw people's arms off and they didn't have pain medicine back then. So you just had to, uh, you know, just sit there and take it while they sawed your arm off. I'm like, that yeah. sucks. Like, no way, you know, um, no antibiotics. No pain medicine other than yeah. some whiskey. And that was probably yeah. all gone. Yeah, so, you, get a, you get a bullet right here. And they're like, well, that's going to get infected. So we got to chop your arm off. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to the point about doctors, but I don't think they got much training because it doesn't take much talent. They just cut yeah. yeah, You get a scratch. The, 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 the answer is the same. So all medical yeah. Yeah. And, the, and even before then, like hundreds of years ago, like what's the matter? You got a fever? Let's just cut a hole in the side of you and let your you know, <laughs> blood drip out. You do bloodletting or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think um, civil war would be my worst. Although, uh, well, I think we, we talked off air, like having to storm the beaches of Normandy, that, that'd be pretty unlucky. That's yeah. That'd be pretty, that would be very unlucky. <laughs> or, uh, well, I mean, yeah, World War II and civil war, those, those gotta be the biggest ones. And then of course, as I mentioned, the Spanish flu, right? I don't know how many millions have died uh, went through that, or to live in a time before any kind of vaccines or, or, uh, or. Um, sorry, well, be careful, Dave. Or we're going to live into another time when there's no vaccines. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. So yeah, I don't know. So should we just we just be happy with what we have then? Yeah, we should always be happy. I used to have this music teacher that every time someone would complain, he would say, any day that you're above ground is a good day. Yeah. That's what he would say every time someone complained. And there, you know, there is some truth to that. There is truth to that. And you know, that is a, that is a beautiful, beautiful segue into our next story, Zach. The story comes <laughs> from CNN. Negative thinking linked to dementia in later life, but you can learn to be more positive. I have a story here. Are you a pessimist by nature or a glass half empty sort of person? Uh, that is not good for your brain. A new study found that negative thinking oh, in, in later life was linked to cognitive decline and greater deposits of two harmful proteins responsible for the Alzheimer's disease. What do you think about this? Was this really is the power of positive thinking just to prevent your, your brain from, from uh, getting Alzheimer's later in life? What do you think of that? I can't speak for it. 
giving you Alzheimer's later in life. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, I can say that positive thinking is obviously going to make you feel better about everything in your life. You know, yeah. you, know you have those days where you just wake up feeling like shit. And, you know, it, it's tough. You, Wait, you, you mean lose, like the last six months? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? It, it, it ruins everything about your day, everything about yeah. the way you feel in your body. I mean, it, it is sucked. It is nice to wake up and be like, you know what? Today is a good day, yada, yada, yada. How are we supposed to just do that on a dime without giving everybody Xanax, you know, <laughs> and what other kind of medication that we can pump in your body? Um, that, that, that is a good point. Um, but just to continue here, it does say uh, we propose that rep repetitive negative thinking may be a new risk factor for dementia. It says negative thinking behaviors such as rumination about the past, Zach. Come on, man. Let go. Okay. <laughs> Worry about the future. Stop worrying, Zach. Or uh, measured in over 350 people over the age 55 in a two-year period. About a third of the participants that uh, underwent this, uh, this brain scan to measure deposits of these two uh, tau and beta amyloid, uh, two proteins which cause... Alzheimer's disease, the most common type of dementia. And they found out that people who thought more negatively had more of those proteins in their brain, which can then lead to Alzheimer's. Now, the question here is, is this bullshit? You know, is it, is it bullshit in terms of what they're asking for us to just stop worrying? Um, or is this study just bullshit? I mean, there's always some new medical thing coming out, you know, every, every year or two that tells you this is the thing. Is this just one in, in a long line of that? Or you do know, you think there really might be something to it? Maybe they're both bullshit. Um, <laughs> be more positive. Okay. Look at how 2020 has been so far, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was 2020 started. I mean, if you go back and think to the beginning of the year, <laughs> January 1st, it's a fucking whirlwind, right? Uh, Australia was on fire. People, everyone forgot about that. Oh, I forgot uh, about that. Right. Australia <laughs> was on fire. Um, remember everyone was saying Trump was going to start world war three. Right. That was, that was right after that. Um, then Australia flooded. Uh, after being on fire, uh, coronavirus, uh, you know, enough said, uh, economic downturn. Now we're getting riots, looters, and you know, the police, uh, racism in the police force. Right. right. So it's like, what? Well, it's not <laughs> it's over like, yet. I mean, we no, have none of it's over yet. And it, yeah. And it's, it's only, uh, June. So how are we supposed to be positive in a time like this? You it's know gonna I mean? be. It's it's gonna all. It's all still coming to a head. It's all. It feels like there's there were a boiling point to, to to early November when everyone votes. And look, no matter what happens, half the country is gonna feel like uh, the world is over for them, and they're gonna be really really pissed. Uh, no matter the outcome, I don't think things are gonna get easier from here. <laughs> yeah, it seems like this article is just saying like, hey, guess what? Thinking bad makes you give dementia. So cheer up, bitch. That's just what it seems like the article is saying. <laughs> Basically, cheer up, bitch should have just been their headline, right? Because that's essentially yeah, what they were saying. It does seem like that. And uh, oh yeah, you always even wonder even the timing of these articles. What are the, is, there, is there some other thing here to put? Because you know, these kinds of studies are a dime a dozen. Now, one, one scary thing I remember reading, Zach, is that deja vu Getting deja vu early in life has been linked to, uh, I don't know if dementia, dementia or Alzheimer's, but one of the two. That is scary because I, I do kind of get deja vu here and there. It's basically like a, it's almost like a, it's, it was described as, a, as like a mini stroke. Man, I, when you get I could go vu. into, uh, I could go into this stuff. Have you ever read Recursion by Blake uh, Crouch? No, I haven't. Oh man, that's a good book. So it has to do with like kind of like time travel. So, you know, if I get like, think about deja vu, that's like what I think it is. I think we're actually all like in, it's like our other dimensions, like connecting with our other selves in different dimensions. And we're like, oh, shit. Blew my yeah. mind. Yeah. Right. 
That's so like you're, you're, or is it is it a memory is it a real memory or you're inter- I don't know. <laughs> you're interact no i'm saying is it a so you're just interacting with another you're coming across like another like rift in time or something yeah exactly you're seeing like things through the eyes of yourself in another dimension <laughs> wow we should do a deep dive into that one. <laughs> oh yeah We'll do so. We'll do some like acid, and then we'll sit there and we'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. Well, you know, and I, and I, I guess you know, BS or not, I, I do think though. Um, to close this 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 one particular thing is, it is good to ch- try to be optimistic, right? It is. It is at some level. At some level, uh, it is a choice. Um, I think you, you, there, there is. Many of us, uh, we have outside stresses and all that, and we may be predisposed to, to sort of look at things in a certain way. But uh, I think we can all try to try to do better and think more positively. Even if we can avoid Alzheimer's, we might just end up being yeah. happier, which is also it's, a good thing. Yeah. It's, it's for some people that suffer from diseases further than just, you know, negative thing. For some people, it, it is a struggle, you know, and they don't have the choice to just be happy. Yeah, exactly. Um. But for some of us that are completely fine and healthy uh, mentally, it's, you know, that it is, is that the only solution right now to try to feel better, right? That, that might be the only thing we can do right now is just to try to, you know, be positive, but it's fucking hard, Dave. (laughs) It is. Uh, Or you just, uh, you just withdraw. There was a story of a man in Vermont who, who went out into the woods for 73 days and he came out and says, what did I miss? Wow, uh-huh. could you imagine that? <laughs> I want to be him. He, he turned around and went back into the woods. He's like, yeah, screw this, I'm out of here. <laughs> Y'all have gone crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, what, what about that idea, though? What it, maybe maybe, the, maybe the, 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 the modern society, I said we're closing, but maybe modern society is, is what makes us so depressed. Maybe this having our, having our phones here and, all, and our screens and all this being bombarded with this information, much of which we can't really do anything about other than sit there and be a viewer too. Yeah. It, 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 it is depressing. My, my wife deleted her uh, social media accounts from her phone. Wow. You know what I mean? Because she's like, I have to look at it all day for work. I'm not going to sit there and look at it anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, I can't like, blame that's her. A good, that's a good point. You're right. I, Cause that's what I do. I sit on my phone. I'm like, this fucking country, you know, Jesus, Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's all I do all night. It's like, God, I get sucked into it. And I'm like, I feel like shit now. I got to stop doing this. Yeah. Well, whatever you all do, though, please don't delete your YouTube and uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Inform- <laughs> The Informed American. <laughs> yeah. You still need your news, people. Yeah. Uh, we'll help you parse through that BS. And, you know, maybe with the power of positive thinking, we can all overcome this. Zach. There, COVID is still out there. I mean, it's sort of canceled now with the protests, but it's still, people still are, still are getting infected and, um, and, and dying, unfortunately. But as we try to, as, as, as we're all kind of getting back out there in the world, as things are opening up, testing has been a real big deal. There's a story here from realhealthynews.com. 30,000 COVID-19 tests uh, sent to U.S. lab came back void. Well, that's nice. <laughs> We, we hear about the importance of mass testing and a lot of them just don't work. So more, more bullshit out there in the world. It's like, what, what is even the point now? How much money was wasted on these tests to come back void? Oh, millions. Gotta be. You know what I mean? It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's such bullshit. Like, and now all these people that could potentially have it, like, I just don't understand how they got void. I'm not a scientist. So like, I'm sure like all kinds of shit could go wrong. But like, all I think about is if anyone watches workaholics, 
in the in the first episode when they were all worried about failing their drug test, right. like the one guy that was on drugs pissed in every single person's drug test, so that way it made it look like everyone was on drugs and it was all voided out. That's like right. what it, I like thought of in my mind when I read it. <laughs> Um, you know, someone had COVID and they, they were worried. So they made all the samples have COVID and then that was it. Um, you no. know, or, or like if someone doing the testing had it and like coughed on everything and like, well, this many people, <laughs> they're all void. Right. Um, it's like, how does this happen? Yeah, it could. Maybe. I mean, it could actually be what it is. Maybe there was something because it has, to, I don't know how the test works exactly, but it must be something that reacts to something and maybe it was all tainted by, by the Corona. Who knows? Now the annoying thing about this, Zach, is these came from the UK. There was there was reports uh, about a month or two ago of all these tests that China was donating as a gesture of goodwill and for PR and they all t- all the stuff they were donating turned out to be absolute garbage. Um, but th- this one apparently hasn't come from China. This came from the United Kingdom, so that's even bigger bullshit. I mean, they're they should have their they should have their shit together, not <laughs> dumping bullshit on our shores. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, they gotta like they're spending too much time on fish and chips and stuff, man. They, they, they gotta. <laughs> They got to get their uh, shit together. <laughs> now, Zach, I want to bring up something that uh, is sort of an update to something we talked about uh, a few episodes ago about this Grim Reaper who was visiting Florida beaches. Uh, <laughs> the man who was uh, telling, you know, basically this was the message. He, was, he blew up on social media showing up in a Grim Reaper co- uh, costume telling people, you know, being out, this is, um, you're going to meet me next for coming to the beach. Just getting money together to maybe deliver coffins to people. Um, He's now a star, and uh, he showed up on Vice on Showtime, <laughs> is uh, being being lauded for his work. And you know the the irony here is he he's in full support of the protest. So I, I didn't I didn't see him, and he will not be attending the protest in his Grim Reaper costume. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I it, it's interesting. Um, maybe all the light of of. Uh, the CDC or who saying that we can't get infected from asymptomatic people. Maybe now that as like more information coming out, maybe now he doesn't need to be the Grim Reaper anymore. So, <laughs> so he's following the data. Yeah, uh, maybe he's following the data or maybe so, he's just being a hypocrite. I don't know. It was absolute. Nah, it was, it was a hilarious stunt, but pretty, pretty bullshitty uh, yeah. to go out there on the beaches. And I, I, I believe I, I told you this, uh, I went to the beach and I had zero worry, uh, absolutely zero worry of any, of all the things I've done leaving my house. That That's about as safe as I've ever felt uh, being out there in the sun and the, and the sea breeze. And I think a lot of that, that was definitely overblown. Maybe this was, maybe this was all just a stunt because he knew he'd get media. Maybe this was all just a stunt for his uh, law practice. It seems like it's right? working. Maybe, maybe it was all just a stunt for, so that he could get his name out there, like free publicity. Free uh, PR, basically. I think so too. Uh, I think that's what it sounds like. I mean, well done by him. If that's if that's what the, the aim was, if maybe he never maybe maybe he never believed any of this. Maybe he's like, oh, this is a great idea. I can just yeah. go out there, and it, and it was a great idea. He's got national attention now. He's on TV. Uh, he's got a big social media following now. So I guess well done, but not at the expense of uh, you know trying to. I don't like the accusations of you know he, going to the he, beach yeah. is going to kill. He was people. cleaning out his attic from like old Halloween costumes. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I can fuck, I can use this for something, and then light, light, light bulb, right? <laughs> oh man, so uh, that, that's uh, I just wanted to update on that. Uh, so maybe he's maybe he's just seen the light, Zach. Uh, at the beginning, I talked about treasure hunting in the Rocky Mountains. This is a really interesting story. Uh, this story starts here at informedamerican.com. Art dealer's $1 million buried treasure found, or so he says. So there's this author, uh, 
I'm sorry. So the, this, this author, Forrest Fenn, hit a million, dollar, a million dollars worth of coins and stuff in a chest in the, somewhere in the Rocky Mountains and just sort of hinted at where it was, left clues, uh, which sparked a number of treasure hunters. Uh, five people died trying to find this thing. Mm-hmm. And he says it's been found, but it doesn't say who. The person hasn't come forward. And he said it's just somebody, quote, back east. So before we dive into what this was all about, it's it maybe as a bullshit as if this thing was even real. What'd you think when you, when you came across this story? I thought this is ridiculous. Like what, it, like <laughs> I, I was like picturing the wild West, like, like treasure hunters, you know, going on on an uh, epic adventure. It's something you would read about in like, you know, an old Mark Twain book or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's what, what that's it is. What, I mean, he said, uh, there's a bronze chest filled with gold jewels worth $1 million. And uh, he, he hid it away in, uh, he wrote a, a memoir in 2010 uh, detailing, uh, just giving clues about where this thing might be. And he says in, inside the chest was rare gold coins, gold nuggets, pre-Columbian animal figures, prehistoric mirrors of hammered gold, ancient Chinese faces carved from jade and antique jewelry has uh, apparently been found. But he won't say for who. And we got a picture here of a map uh, that he kind of, maybe you can pull this up, called The Thrill of the Chase. Now, the, 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 the suspicion here is that he detailed all of this in his, in his memoir, which sold, so sells for $55 per copy. So was this all just an elaborate ruse? Did yeah, he to get people to buy his book. Than he was called giving away and <laughs> and selling his book, right? It's like like if he did hide it, it's all like plastic, like golden coins that you find <laughs> in like a toy chest and shit. He should have put the uh, he should have hid the Declaration of Independence in it because Nick Cage would have found it like this. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know, yeah, national uh, treasure. Yeah, um, <laughs> that'd be a fun movie, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. The 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 treasure hunters of the Rockies or some shit. I don't know. Um, it is kind of weird. He, how did he know? How, how would anyone know that it was found? Like, what if what if someone that didn't read his book just happened to come across it? Yeah, right. And right. Yeah. Like he says, it, he says it was for. Um, it wasn't high up. It was somewhere. It was something where quote an eighty year old. Um, it was basically where an 80 year old could, uh, could put it or something. It would not, so it didn't have to be anything physically strenuous. So you didn't have to like climb a peak or anything like that. It could be, uh, where, where, uh, an old man could essentially put this yeah. chest and walk away at some point. Yeah. What, what, what if someone just happened to find it and just come and, across it randomly? Yeah. Not know who this guy was or anything like that. Um, it is a little weird. Now people have been people have uh, apparently quit their jobs to go find this thing, uh, and five people have died in in, in all different places. Somebody, you know, Wyoming, um, uh, just all over the place. Because he gave a map, which is you know somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. So, so Zach, some of his motives for if if they were not just to sell his book, if he actually laid out a treasure to get people to to go out there, he says I had several motives. He said, first of all, we're going into recession. So this is back in 2010. Uh, lots of people losing their jobs. I just wanted to give people some hope. Uh, despair was written all over the newspaper headlines. And yeah, it was a sad time. It's still a sad time. Yeah. That's why we have to think positively, Zach. And he says, and secondly, we're an overweight society. I think that not only in this country, but in the world. Uh, so I wanted to get the kids away from their electronic gadgets, go out into the sunshine, out into the mountains, hiking, fishing, picnicking, anything but on the couch, get out of the game room. So he left uh, a cryptic poem uh, that basically said, um, 
the people completely picked apart, leading them in different places. And he said, uh, key elements mentioned in the poem were where were, were warm waters halt, the blaze, canyon down, and home of brown. And then uh, the mail article, which are open to interpretation by searchers. Yes, because it's not detailed at all. Uh, but they've gone across Colorado, New Mexico, Montana, and Wyoming. Zach, would you want to be... Oh, also, yeah, the major clue is it's a location that's reachable by a man 70 years old, which is what his age, and he put the 20-pound chest up there. Have you ever gone treasure hunting? Would you want to go treasure hunting? I mean, I did Easter egg hunts when I was a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> I got a sticker. Yeah. No, it sounds boring as hell. I mean, I'd rather just go take a hike. You know, we don't have to have a, a whole uh, motive behind it. Yeah. Now, there was one man, uh, Michael, I don't want to mention his name. He's a 53-year-old man got uh, who died near Dinosaur National Monument. And I guess they were out there wearing, uh, they got caught out in the cold. He and him and a buddy were out there, and I guess he didn't have an, uh, good enough gear. Uh, another guy was in January 2016. And uh, he, uh, he just, they just found him in the Rio Grande river. This other guy, 53 year old, uh, was, uh, he died by Yellowstone. He was looking for the treasure and he just went missing. So people just go out and don't come back. Yeah. Uh, there was a pastor who he was parked near, uh, uh, Somewhere that he, another guy who got caught by the Rio Grande. I don't know if the, the, there's an issue of flooding. I think they have flash floods there. Um, somebody else, this, this 31 year old, he said he moved to Colorado in 2016 to look for the treasure. And he again died on a river. And then uh, somebody else uh, also died near Dinosaur National Monument as well. So five I, people. I, yeah. I imagine all these people like have just gone crazy about the treasure and like they just go into the wilderness and their hair gets like gigantic and, their <laughs> and they're just like, they got a gigantic stick they use for walking. They're like, I got to find the treasure, you know, and yeah, then exactly. dying. Um, so, so it's I, sad that people die doing this, man. It is. And that's why, see what I think is, I think he said enough's enough. People are dying. I'm going to say it was found. That's what I think. I think the whole thing was a ruse. I think it's all BS. I think he did it to sell books and get attention. Yeah. He made a lot of money doing it and uh, he got his wish. Some people went outside and they stayed outside a little too long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause you go out there completely unprepared, right? Cause you're looking for treasure and you, you ignore yeah. some, some of the, you're going to places you would never otherwise go to and you don't know the, you know, the dangers that are out there. Maybe, maybe he's like, I know he's an art collector, but maybe he's an actual artist. You know, maybe this was all just a big piece of performance art, you know, just, uh, <laughs> about the, uh, uh, the uh, commentation on people's like materialism about yeah. how they, you know, they can't just get on joy nature. They have to have a material object in mind or I don't know. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. The only thing that can get our, our fat asses off the couch <laughs> and off of our screens is if there's a promise of a million dollars somewhere out there, yeah. right? Because he even, he, I mean, yeah, I mean, even going back, he does kind of say it, right? About uh, fishing, picnicking, all that. Well, you're not going to find the treasure by, by fishing for it or picnicking, yeah. right? So maybe that was really all it was. It was just, maybe he kind of gave it away a little bit and then was, uh, didn't want to see anyone else get hurt trying to find this thing. Mission accomplished. All right, Zach, that is all of the BS I can handle for today. I hope all of you have enjoyed uh, this show. And uh, to subscribe to this channel, hit the like button. We would absolutely love it. And, of course, head on over to informedamerican.com and realhealthynews.com. Zach, as you are the manager of this YouTube channel, what, what, uh, what can people uh, – over the next couple of days, stuff coming up here on the channel, they can uh, get some great, great information and entertainment from us. 
Oh yeah, we have uh, our podcast, BS goes out every Tuesday. We have a little more of a uh, meteor podcast that gets a little more dive into uh, more uh, impactful stories that are a little more serious. So if that's more of your cup of tea, yeah. you can catch that on Fridays. It's you, Dave, and uh, Rodney Johnson, who you say is the smartest man you know. He absolutely is. Yeah, and that comes out on Friday afternoons. In addition to those, we have a ton of content that gets uploaded almost daily. Very short stories that you can watch and take in with only like a minute of your time. Absolutely. Right? Just to stay informed and stay up to date. Absolutely. And stay positive, everybody. For Zach, I am Dave, and I've had enough of this BS. You've been listening to the BS Podcast with Dave and Zach, part of the Informed American Radio Network. Please like and subscribe today in order to get fresh new weekly episodes. Please send us your BS stories to info at informedamerican.com. The world is hard enough. And now we got to deal with this boss. 